With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to this week's edition of Future Brew right here on MazeBrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon, and... We are without John Simmons yet again, but we do have Stephen Asentoski with us per usual. Uh, so it's not uh, not just me. I'm not doing a solo show, and uh, I'm God. I, I would <laughs> can't even imagine doing a, a show on my own. So Stephen, thank you for joining us again, per usual. How you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. A little tired. A little tired. This is a. Uh, I'm in the middle of a training block for a, a race later this fall. So it's starting okay. to hit me, man. I, I need, I need to need to be sleeping more. That's, I think that's the main thing, but, uh, it, it wants me to eat upwards of like 3,500 calories or something. Oh so yeah, it's, uh, it, it takes it out of you. But besides that, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. You How's it going not- in your neck of the woods? Oh, I'm well, I'm, I'm without power. So the, it's, it's a, a godsend that I'm even able to record this right now. It sounds like you're on the Michael Phelps diet for the, for the most part. <laughs> are you, are you re- you're really feeling it then, huh? Dude, it, I tried to go swimming yesterday as kind of like a cross training thing. And, uh, I just sink. I'm a ro- I'm just a rock <laughs> in the pool. So I'm definitely not that I'm slightly less of a rock when I'm running, but, uh, not too fast, but, uh, okay. but yeah, so it'll be a 25 K on a Halloween. Oh. Oof. So. Wow. Well, keep us posted on how that goes. I'm, I'm thoroughly interested in, uh, in hearing about that. You, you, you do a lot of athletic stuff. So good for you, man. Good for you. Uh, staying in shape and, and training, doing all that stuff. I, I can't imagine doing that myself. So I, I, uh, I'm doing my, I'm doing my best Jim Harbaugh impression. 
Have yeah. You seen, have you seen him, man? He dropped some weight. He's looking he's, pretty good. He, he, yeah, he's, uh, he is looking good. Um, definitely, uh, interesting to see that and, you know, good for him. I mean, everybody, uh, I feel like everybody in life has to go through like a, like a weight loss journey at some point. So good for Harbaugh. Uh, certainly happy for that. And, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good to have football almost back. And uh, naturally, we're going to start the conversation today with some basketball recruiting. <laughs> what a seamless transition there. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I set you up poorly for that one, man. No, no, that, you, <laughs> blame that, that one on me. That was the perfect. No, 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 no. I, I, I take the blame for that. It was a seamless transition and uh, we're just going to go right into it. We're going to talk some hoops recruiting here to begin the pod. We'll get to some football later, but it, it's really been an interesting last couple of weeks for Juwan Howard and uh, the boys over in Ann Arbor. They received a commitment a couple of weeks back from Terrace Reed, the uh, four star power forward center prospect from the state of Missouri. And just a week later, just a week ago, um, they ended up offering another big man, uh, 2022 four star. Uh, I believe this is pronounced Yuan Treor. And uh, he is listed at 6'10", 225, lives in Napa, California, um, came from France. And um, I was watching some interviews and some some stuff earlier on him and and, you know, very fluent in French. I believe he lived there pretty much his entire life up until this past year uh, where he now plays for prolific prep, which is a, a pretty elite team on the West Coast. And, um, you know, a, a recent player that played at prolific prep is Jalen Green, who just went number two overall and has had some uh, controversial things to say about the uh, city of Detroit. But we will not get into that today. Um, so historically prolific prep, they have some very talented players on that roster. And uh, Yuan Traor is uh, the latest of the bunch to receive a Michigan offer there. So he was a huge riser this summer. He competed in the NBPA top 100 camp and a lot of attention really came his way after that in the last month alone, because of that showing uh, he's gotten some offers from Oregon, Louisville, Arizona state, UCLA, Tennessee, USC, and Arkansas. And he already had offers from the likes of Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, LSU, Creighton, and several others in that as well. So he is listed as the number 67 overall player on the 24-7 composite and the number 11 center in the class. So, Stephen, I mean, it's interesting given the timing of everything with Terrace Reed. And, I mean, the Wolverine coaching staff saw – Trey or played this summer, clearly thought he balled out enough uh, to earn that scholarship offer. But like I said, the timing is kind of what intrigues me the most. And obviously this is kind of me just spitballing here, but I imagine that Jawan didn't want to rub Terrace Reed the wrong way uh, with them offering Trey or before Reed had pledged his commitment to the Wolverines. So I, I kind of have a hunch that they probably discussed it with him after he committed and uh, that they ended up offering Trey or and, it seems like uh, Jawan and, and everybody over there think that the two players can coexist together on the court, which given their uh, unique skill sets, I, I think they would blend together pretty well. What say you, Stephen? Yeah, it's always interesting when you have those sort of conversations that you're discussing, right? Whereas two guys listed at power forward, very similar in size. You're recruiting them in the same class. Uh, it, it's always a, kind of a game of, of chess, um, 
to, to figure out how you can best, <laughs> best recruit both of these guys without making the other feel that uh, you're doubling up at a certain position. So I think the conversation, if I'm trying to picture what they would say to Reed and what they would say to Trey or is uh, Reed is definitely a guy. And this is the best way that I could um, kind of think of it. If, if Trey or and Reed in the same exact scenario, get the ball uh, at the bottom of the key, um, with their back to the basket. Treyor is a guy you want to put on like a little shimmy and do like a fadeaway baseline jumper over his defender. And Terrace Reed is a guy you want to bully his defender, back him down, and then turn and dunk on him. And that, that was that's the best way where a power forward will get the ball at the same position, whether it's it's Reed or Treyor, and they can do they can do completely different things. Um, so I, I think that's like the main difference you see between their game. You get, you get a lot more finesse out of Treyor. He's a much more natural shooter. He has a great touch to his shot. So mm-hmm. he can go inside, you know, with that size, he, he shows the ability to finish and, and, uh, he's got, you know, more than enough athleticism to throw down to dunk over a guy, give him the chance, but he's definitely more uh, of a finesse player. Um, he's able to do like a little, uh, shimmy hook shot around a defender, or, uh, like I said, do, uh, um, do a fadeaway on the baseline without any issues. He, he reminds me more of what you would see from Isaiah livers down on the block where, yeah. you know, he, he pulls away with a fadeaway and you're like, yeah, he's going to hit that. And it just, it looks very smooth. It looks effortless. And for defenders, it's, it's really tough for them to defend. So, that's how I see it, where if you really want to go with a giant lineup, I'm just picture. I mean, this won't happen because Dickinson's probably gone after this year. Right. But in, in an ideal world, you would have like a Hunter Dickinson at the five. You'd have Terrace Reed at the four and you could go with uh, Johan Treor at the three and just have a jumbo uh, massive lineup out there. And they all kind of do um they could all do similar things, but their bread and butter serve different purposes. Um, so, so I like that Treyor provides more versatility and, you know, he's a guy in a pinch. You could put him at the three where Terrace reads, you know, secondary position would be the five. So that's, that's kind of where I see them fitting and probably what was explained to them uh, as you said, when they were kind of recruiting both of them at the same time to ensure that they, saw that vision and understood that, yeah, maybe power forward, but your roles are very different in that position. Yeah, no question. I mean, both these guys, you mentioned Treyor's versatility. They both have versatility and, and uh, you know, the fact that they can both play the five and the four. And I, I do believe that, that uh, Treyor could play some three as well. Um, just given these guys skill sets, I, I do believe that they would be able to play together and, I I imagine that there were some Wolverine fans out there that were probably thinking, well, what the heck? Why, why are they offering him? They just got a commitment from Terrace Reed. These are the guys that Juwan Howard has been actively recruiting since he's come to Michigan guys that have multiple skill sets. They're not one trick pony, so to speak, even a guy like Dickinson as tall as he is, you would imagine that he's, you know, just strictly a center, but he can do so much at that position. He's got the shot. He's working on the three-point shot as well. So you would imagine that, um, you know, with the Reeds and the Treors of the world, that's those are just the athletes that they're going to be recruiting um, year in and year out. And I would imagine, I, I can certainly see them playing together 
and um, uh, fitting that lineup. If, if they were to, you know, play together uh, in the starting lineup, I do believe that they would be able to do so. And, and Juwan wouldn't have offered him uh, if he had not thought that um, they wouldn't be able to play together. And Trey Orr's yeah. had a very big summer and he's shown that he can hang with the best of the best. And I would anticipate that there is a plan for these two guys. Uh, if Treyor does want in at some point, uh, there's no indication that he's going to want to make a commitment in the near future at all. Um, but if he did, I would imagine that Juwan and all those guys, they have a plan in place for everybody to succeed all at the same time. Yeah. And it's kind of shocking looking at their profiles. Cause I, I honestly thought, Treyor was listed as a power forward. He's listed as a center, but if you yeah. watch their film, um, I, I think you see a lot more kind of traditional big man play out of Terrace Reed than you do Treyor. So, um, I mean, I think, I, I think it speaks to, you know, we'll keep saying the word versatility, but really that that's what it is. There's a play where Treyor um, crosses up a guy at half court and goes the length length of the court with a Euro step. And it's like, man, I don't don't know. I don't know how many centers that can really do that. So that's what, like the only thing that's really missing from him to be a true, you know, three man is the outside shot. Again, he can shoot from the elbow. He has a decent range, but I didn't see much in terms of his, his long range from a shooting standpoint. Um, And that's fine. Right. And, and again, I think a, a key component here with both Terrace Reed and Treyor, they're not, they're not perfect, uh, like perfect guys right away. They're, they're not likely one and done. There's some development there to turn them into an NBA product. But um, when you're building a, a collegiate roster, those uh, I truly think are the guys that, uh, that you really need there, where it's going to take two years or three years before they really develop those secondary skills that the NBA really covets. But yeah. um and you give them time to figure out who they're going to be. Right. I mean, they're, they're so young. It's going to take time to figure out how their body's going to fill out what, what role they're actually going to, um, you know, going to be at the, at the next level. So uh, giving those guys that, that extra year or two to figure that out benefits Michigan um, tremendously because they're already a super high floor uh, player with where they're at, but they're not, you know, they don't have the skill set of a guy who would be a five-star because they still have a little bit to go. And and when you add all those things up, it, it buys you a, a little bit extra time for stability within your, your collegiate program. So I, I, I like guys in that 50 to a hundred range um, who kind of fit that profile of guys who are close to having the full package that the NBA wants to steal away from you, but, but not quite. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to go back real quick to something you you just said about uh, Treyor with like the, w- with the way that he goes to the bucket and has that Euro step, like you said, it really reminded me of the way that Franz Wagner kind of got to the uh, got into the lane and and went up for a layup too. I, I just really like it was just silky smooth the way that he did it. Honestly, um, if you're able to go watch any tape on Treyor, I highly encourage it and. It, it, it's worth the watch. And I do wish that there was more outside shooting ability on the film because I didn't like, like you, I didn't see a whole lot of that either. And I would certainly be interested to see if he's able to, to make a three point shot consistently and kind of see the shooting motion that he puts into that. I, I think that, yeah, I, I think that uh, the skill set is very similar to what you're seeing out of 
modern day power forward slash small forward guys, like kind of how Wagner did this past season, uh, just like a taller, taller version of one um, at six ten for Trey or, but we'll certainly see what, what happens if he were to commit, but I, I want to transition the conversation very briefly here. And we'll move on to the uh, football recruiting talk here is uh, the way that they're building this class, Steven, honestly, I think is, is very smartly played uh, after next season. You kind of alluded to it earlier. You think that Dickinson will be gone. I, I, I'm 99.9% certain that Dickinson will be gone. I, obviously, there's always a, a sliver of a, a shot that he returns. But I, I think all indication here is that Dickinson, if, if everything goes well, uh, will be going to the NBA after his sophomore year. So, And, and if Diabate plays really well, uh, he could also bolt for the NBA. Brandon Johns. Uh, will also likely be gone. They're going to need more of these fours and fives to get by. And they're kind of set at guard for the time being. Zeb Jackson, I, I kind of see as a, uh, a program guy that sticks around for four or five years. I, obviously, they still have Kobe Bufkin and Frankie. Um, they're not anticipated to be one and dones by any means heading into their freshman season. And uh, with Doug McDaniel, obviously, being the uh, point guard in this 22 class. So, uh, honestly, I, I think it's probably best that they get more big men uh, in this class, and they'll probably want to uh, focus on it uh, in the following class as well. So, h- how do you feel uh, about the way that this class is being constructed currently, Stephen? Yeah, it makes sense. You mentioned Buffkin. I don't see him as a one-and-done um I, I kind of really like the model of taking, taking point guards from the portal or taking either point guards or shooting guards from the portal. And I truly think that's the position that makes the most sense to leverage the portal. And what I mean by that is I kind of see it. If, if I want to make a weird football analogy, you don't see a whole lot of like high level offensive linemen or defensive linemen, right? I don't think you will see that coming from lower levels. I just don't think it happens all that much. I think you might see that, but I guess my point is the skill set of a point guard and shooting guard to me is more easily transferable to, you know, from like a coastal Carolina and Devontae Jones's case to a program like Michigan. Um, I think it's something where the physicality uh, like game over game that big men in like the big 10 have to go through are hard to replicate at a lower level of basketball. So the reason I preface that is I feel like there there's always going to be five to 10 shooting guards, point guards, combo guards that can do a good job acclimating to your program. They'll have the athleticism, you know, they don't have to be, super tall or or a big size or anything. They they've usually been running the offense at their, you know, in, in Mike Smith's level, uh, you know, at the uh, Ivy league, he's been running the offense for a while. He has a lot of the skills built at those programs before jumping up a little, a little bit. So it'll be a little bit faster when he gets there, but the skills that a big man needs to develop the strength the endurance, a lot of those things that are really important to dial in, especially early on in your collegiate career, that's hard to replicate at one of those programs. So I think it benefits Michigan extremely well. Obviously, I think we mentioned it before, Hunter Dickinson's development goes a long way in getting these guys, but you see 
these classes kind of forming around the big men. You, you mentioned Diabate, uh, Caleb Houston. Those are guys, the three, four, five uh, line where that's where you're looking at those five-star high four-star guys. And then you kind of build around that, right? You, you can supplement that with a guy like Frankie Collins, Kobe Bufkin, who are, you know, top 50 recruits in their own right, but not the five stars. Um, and those are more your glue guys, the guys who can, uh, you know, learn the offense for a while, but the, the true stars of your class, I, I really think need to be your big men just because of how important it is to get them early on in that strength and conditioning program and, and get used to just, I mean, frankly, the abuse of being in a big time, uh, a big time league like that. So that's a long winded way of me saying that Jawan Howard's background as a big man, as well as his focus on big men first, at least seemingly here, I think will go a long way with the trajectory of collegiate basketball in how the portal will be used and how teams can effectively use it as to, to kind of marry along with their recruiting, um, with their recruiting approach. So I, I think it makes most sense how Michigan's doing that. Of course, I'm, I'm going to say that <laughs> as a Michigan fan, but, but honestly, I, I think that makes the most sense. And the, uh, the depth chart uh, lends itself well to have some guards in the next few years where I don't think that's a guarantee for guys like Houston and Diabate in the near future. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you, honestly. I, I think, I mean, given it, it's a football analogy, you're right, though. I mean, if you're going to go out and try and get a center prospect that is in the portal, like you said, there, there aren't really many great offensive or defensive linemen in the portal any given offseason. And that's kind of, yeah, I agree, honestly. I, that's kind of what the center is in the portal. And I mean, look at, <laughs> I mean, look at Michigan football's offseason. In the, in the transfer portal with offensive and defensive linemen, Willie Allen coming over from Louisiana tech, just to hop back into the portal because he wasn't able to lock down the right tackle job. And then Jordan Whitley being a defensive tackle coming over from Oregon state. Granted, he does have an opportunity with the Wolverines, but he's not going to be a, a major impact player by any means. I don't expect him to, to be a starter at defensive tackle. So that's kind of what I I'm, I'm with you in that analogy. And I do think that the way that they go about it with getting the point guards, I I do. And what point guard honestly would not want to play for Jawan Howard, knowing that he's already recruited some dominant big men like Hunter Dickinson, Austin Davis had some pretty decent playing time uh, last season um, in in his final year uh, with Michigan. So obviously the center, power forwards at U of M, they're going to be in good hands under Juwan because he knows what it takes to be a good big man in not only just the college game, but the NBA level as well. And he's already proven that he can develop those guys. So if you're a point guard in the portal, yeah, you want to go to Michigan. You want to be able to lob it up to the Dickinsons of the world and the guys that have already been recruited, have already went through Camp Sanderson, have already pretty much built up their resume and uh, are, are just waiting to go to the NBA, kind of like what Dickinson is doing this season. I, I imagine this will probably be his last year with the Wolverines. And I mean, at this point, it seems like, um, you know, I mean, you look at football programs like Iowa, right? They're like tight end university, LSU, defensive back university, Michigan. It's going to be center university uh, with the basketball program. They're just going to be pumping out big men left and right. And 
honestly, I think that's a, a, a good way to, to build the class. And with the way that things are going right now, with Treor wanting to reportedly visit at some point when they've already got Reed locked in and they've got Diabate coming in uh, in, in this uh, freshman class here. I, I think the sky's the limit, obviously, um, with, with all these guys that are coming in and uh, with the recruits that they're still going after. So it, it's certainly an exciting time to be a Michigan basketball fan um, and just seeing what they put out last season and seeing what's coming in the very near future. So, Stephen, any, any other final thoughts here before we uh, move on? Yeah, just final thing you mentioned kind of becoming like the, the spot that centers want to go to Michigan. It's just about building your resume, right? You, you did that with Hunter Dickinson, and that helped you get a, a, a guy like Diabate to sign on. It's going to be a similar thing for a guard um, in the transfer portal. You're building that resume. It, it was Mike Smith was the first iteration of that. He, he performed really well, made that jump, um, and that's how you help land Devonte Jones. So the more iterations that you can prove that out, um, and just build upon that resume, it, it's just going to snowball into, uh, you'll be able to attract better and better talent, both from, uh, from, you know, recruiting standpoint and from the transfer portal as a result of that. Well, we are going to move on here and we'll take a quick break and we will talk about a football, as I alluded to earlier, some defensive prospects that uh, Harbaugh and the Wolverines are going after. But first, let's talk about our sponsor here on Maze Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield. And Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfortable, but it is officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the team over at Homefield, they study every school's history, traditions, legacies, and with all of that, they create their thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And Homefield has some really awesome original Michigan designs that you truly will not find anywhere else, whether it's T-shirts, crewnecks, whatever you want, they've got it. So if you want some of that vintage apparel, go to homefieldapparel.com today. Use that promo code MNB at checkout. and You'll get 20% off your entire first order. Again, head over to homefieldapparel.com. Start shopping today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. We are going to wrap up the pod today with some football recruiting, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And let's start with some pretty big news, in my opinion, at least. And that is uh, 2022 four-star linebacker Lander Barton, 
will be officially visiting Michigan for the big game against Washington on September 11th. This is all according to 24-7 Sports. And uh, Barton has been a top target for a while now, even though not much has really been said about him this summer or recently, even this year for that matter. But uh, he has yet to see Ann Arbor up close. I don't believe he's taken any official visits this summer, so this will be a big one for him. Uh, he is listed at 6'4", 215 pounds. He is from Salt Lake City, Utah. And both his brothers played for the University of Utah. So you would imagine that they will be among the biggest competitors for Michigan here, along with Texas as well, who is set to get an official visit on September 24th. Barton is the number 267 overall player on the composite and the number 29 linebacker in the country. So, like I said, Stephen, not, not much has really been said about Barton recently, but honestly, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because he has quietly been one of Michigan's most important prospects in this class, just given uh, he's a four-star prospect. He's highly coveted, and it's at a position of need for Michigan. They're really trying to upgrade that linebacker room. He would instantly be Michigan's top-ranked linebacker or recruit in this class if he were to commit. So I just want to ask you, Stephen, how important do you think this official visit is and uh, take me through how important you think this recruitment uh, overall is uh, to Michigan's 2022 class in general. We've mentioned before how important we feel linebacker is uh, for this class. It was the area of, of biggest concern, I think, moving into the, the 2022 class. So uh, in terms of importance, it's up there. He's an interesting guy at 6'4", 215 pounds. I mean, it's another one of those guys where, where does he fit in, right? You really have to dig into the film and see which skill set he really obtains to, to be either a pass rushing specialist. Can he hack it on the inside? I think he's a little bit too big for that, but uh, I mean, he operates in space really well and, um, and he showed off some, some pretty good hands overall. So he's, he's got the potential of a guy to kind of be in the line of like the Aiden Hutchinson, Braden McGregor and uh Lander Barton could be kind of the next guy in that line, right? A guy who could be six, six, five or so six, four, six, five bulk up to around two sixty, and kind of just do it all. And when you consider how important I truly believe that position is going to be this year, it, it's, it's an area where you, you can't miss for, for high level recruits like that. Again, it's, it's the level of importance that having a good Viper was on Don Brown's defense. Um, I'm not saying that Leonard Barton is like a Jabril peppers at that position, but if you have a standout defender, like, like an Aiden Hutchinson at that position where you can move him all over the place. He can hack it inside in a pinch. He can uh, be a strong side defensive end. He's comfortable in space to be an outside linebacker. Uh, it terrifies offenses. And that's, that's um, kind of where I see Lander Barton being. I think he has the linebacker skills uh, to retain that sort of level of comfortability playing in space. His instincts alone, I think will, will uh, keep him as a plus as a linebacker, despite him bulking up. Right. Sometimes that's a thing where guys bulk up. It's like, well, will he still have the speed? Will he, mm -hmm. you know, be able to retain enough of his skills 
to, to hack it in space. And I have some of those concerns about Hutchinson this year coming from the defensive line. So when you take a guy like Barton, some of his biggest skill sets are his instincts and his comfortability operating in space. Um, and those are two things that are very, very likely to, uh, to remain a, a positive in their skill set, despite how much he bulks up. So that's what has me, I think, most uh, excited for him because he has a really long frame. Uh, his arms are really long, so he's likely going to be able to fill out that frame um, to a point where he can be that sort of player in Michigan's system. So, yeah, I mean, to your question, uh, again, it, it's the area of most importance remaining on the 2022 board. Um, and, and with, with how important it is that I see in, in a, uh, Mike McDonald defense moving forward here, it's going to be, uh, imperative to, to get as talented of guys like that, um, who, who can fill that role. Yeah, it's reported that uh, Michigan may be looking at him to play inside linebacker for this class. But honestly, I'm with you. I, I feel like we're agreeing with everything in this podcast today, which might make for a boring podcast. But nonetheless, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think that his skill set is best suited for that like do it all kind of outside linebacker spot that I mean, they're going to have Hutchinson do that. I think Ojabo is kind of set for that role in a way as well. And I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Ojabo was on your breakout players list for this year, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah and he, I, he's, he, he's kind of the same. He's definitely in that same mold. I think, I think Ojabo yeah. is essentially what I was expecting from Braden McGregor. If Braden McGregor didn't have that injury, like this year, I was expecting Braden McGregor, but with how long it's taken that injury to get back there. Yeah. Uh, Ojabo, I think fills that role this year. Yeah. I, th- I think he does too. And, and you kind of see it in the practice photos and videos that they've been posting on their Twitter recently you see Ojabo pretty much everywhere and I think that's kind of what would happen for Barton too or at least that's what would be like the best case spot for him to be in Michigan's defense I I really don't see inside linebacker here I'd rather if they able if they're able to get his commitment I would have Micah Pollard move to inside linebacker and have Barton be that outside linebacker um rusher do they have like a certain term for that is it like the buck is that what they call it I think they just call it, well, no, they call it edge on, edge. on, on 24 seven, but I don't know if Michigan has a term for that. Okay. I'd have to go back and look at like uh, how the Ravens um, called their position players on defense, but nonetheless, I think that's where Barton's skill set is best suited is for that position, kind of being a do it all outside linebacker edge rusher. Uh, type player. I, I just, I mean, could he play inside? Sure. I guess. Um, I, I guess he could, but I, I, at this point I would much rather see Micah Pollard kind of be inside. And, you know, I, I would imagine that they're taking all of these guys uh, under the impression that they can kind of do a little bit of everything anyways. Um, there's their, their measurables at least are all very similar. I think Pollard's somewhere in like the six, three, 200 range. Martin's at 6'4", 215, and Cavante Henry, their other prospect, is is kind of in that same ballpark, too. So they're probably just looking at it at this point of, you know, get them all on campus. They like their skill sets, what they got now, and they'll figure it out later down the road, which honestly, I guess it wouldn't be a bad way to look at it, Stephen, but 
as far as the skill set goes, I, I just really like him at that outside linebacker edge spot in Michigan's new defense. And they can, like I said, they can kind of just plug and play um, at their discretion and see what fits best when these guys end up getting on campus. Cause they're they're They all seem to be pretty versatile linebacker prospects. Um, but at inside linebacker, I just don't really see a, a future for him uh, at, at the college game. Uh, Steven. I think, yeah, I think the main thing, projecting him on the inside is just his instincts, right? If he can keep the level of speed, cause he has good closing speed. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's like a burner, you know, he's just not of that model of a linebacker. He, he has enough speed, but I think the instincts are where he's more, more of a plug and play inside linebacker because of his instincts and his football IQ than mm-hmm. most guys you'll see. So to me, I like Barton because of those instincts in general. And a lot of these guys, we always talk about, will they be able to bulk up to this size? Like, I don't know if Barton will be able to get to 260, but you know what? The worst case is if he's only able to get to 240 or something and you need to stick him on the inside, he has uh, the requisite skills when it comes to reading the offense, having a good feel for the game. Um, and good closing speed to make it work on the inside. So it, it's not like you're taking a, you know, like what happens if, if Josh Uche, um, you know, was slotted for the inside, it probably wouldn't be great. Right. He was a pretty raw prospect, obviously really high, uh, athleticism, but, mm-hmm. um, he was kind of destined for that position. And sometimes these linebacker shaped guys are destined for a kind of like pass rush position. I don't think Barton is necessarily uh, like a pass rusher overall, but as like a linebacker, um, he has more versatility than just about any other name, I think, on the 2022 class, depending on where he does bulk up. So even even if I'm with you, I don't think inside is his his best future. Um, he'd still likely be a, a really good linebacker if or inside linebacker if needed. Um, yeah. it just, you know, like, like, like you've been saying, I don't, I don't think it'd be my first choice. Yeah. He, he's an important prospect. So we'll, we'll certainly see how it plays out. Like I said, he'll be officially visiting for the Washington game week two, September 11th. So it's, uh, it's, it's gearing up to be a very important weekend uh, on the recruiting trail for Michigan. So well, let's move on real quick to our final player here and, and we'll wrap up. We'll, we'll do a speed round here. Uh, Tafik Thomas. We haven't talked about this guy in, in a hot minute and uh, there's good reason to now because he recently cut his list of suitors down to four. Michigan obviously joined uh, his top four list there alongside Kansas, Arkansas, and Southern Florida. So of those schools, he has visited you SF and Kansas earlier this summer and his 24 seven profile lists him at six, three, three sixty. But the interesting thing here is his Twitter account says six, five, three, 10 major difference there uh, both for height and weight. So I don't really know what to uh, what to uh, what to make of that. But uh, anyways, I mean, he, the interesting part here is that he plays down in Florida, his teammates with Michigan four-star defensive line commit Mario Eugenio, uh, who, (laughs) if you've been paying attention, has been cryptically tweeting recently about good news coming uh, for Michigan's recruiting class. So this could be the good news, could not be. I don't want to speculate too much about that. But 
What I do want to talk about, Stephen, is him as a player. Uh, he, he's not even ranked in the top 1,000 at this point, and obviously his offer sheet shows that. His top four list shows that. Michigan is clearly the number one school in that top four, and it's not even close. But with the way that things are going, Michigan really needs some beef up front, and there's not really a whole lot else out there uh, other than uh, that holy grail five-star player, Walter Nolan, that we just keep talking about over and over and over again, which – me and you are on the same page that he's probably going to stick around in the SEC, but obviously things aren't uh, done in that recruitment. But I mean, if you can read the tea leaves here, Thomas wouldn't have included Michigan in his top four list had he not been a program take. So with all that said, Stephen, I mean, like I said, we, we both don't think Nolan's going to be in the class. So do you think it's okay for Michigan to take a flyer on a guy that, I mean, again, D tackle, it's a position in need. Would you be okay with Michigan taking a guy like that, not ranked in the top 1,000, but you need guys anyway? I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. They don't create guys of this size that often. These guys, these guys just aren't around. You just don't find bodies like this. So in, in terms, like, is it a risk? Of course. Of course it is. Um, and, and like you said, you need beef. You need beef, and there's not a lot of beef out there. It's a weird thing to say. I didn't think I would say that <laughs> sentence on the podcast, but, but here we are. Um, go watch his huddle film. And I was trying to find the exact timestamp for you. I, I couldn't do it, but there is a clip of him who he lined up. It was like a goal line play. Like team had it on the seven yard line. He's lined up in the slot reminder. He's like six, four, 335 pounds. He puts on like a little shimmy route and catches a fade for a touchdown. And it is my favorite thing that I've seen in a long time, because how often do you see guys who are six, four, three catching a fade for a touchdown is phenomenal. Not so, <laughs> yeah. So he's pretty unique where he utilizes a, a swim move and a spin move quite often uh, at the nose tackle position. So he's actually one of the guys where I think there's more to learn from a leverage standpoint um, and from firing out initially from the line of scrimmage um, than most nose tackles. So he has a lot more finesse if catching a fade didn't convince you of, of that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, he has really good swim move that impressed me the most. Um, you know, his speed doesn't blow me away, but uh, especially laterally. But um, I mean, when you can put together a spin move, uh, coherently at that size and a refined swim move uh, that, that shows a level of athleticism that I think is worth taking a flyer on, right? He's not just a big body. He's a big body who shows finesse. Um, there were clips of him on offense. I believe I saw a couple of those. So that shows a little bit more durability just to kind of cut down on any potential risks. Um, so yeah, man, when, when you, when you combine all those things at that size, it's it's a flyer that's worth taking just for the rarity uh, of guys of that size making those kind of plays. So I'm all about it. But again, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because uh, watching the big boys at nose tackle position is one of my guilty pleasures in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we all do know that. Um, that there's there's no no question about that. My only concern here is that if you're going to be taking guys like this. They, they already took a guy like that last cycle. I had a, had a very late take with Ike Awana and 
I think he could be a decent player, but it's really going to take some time for these guys to develop. So you better hope that guys like Ray Sean Benny and George Rooks end up painting out and um, are, are ready sooner rather than later, because I mean, you've, you've got Donovan Jeter on like his 11th year of eligibility. How much longer is he going to be around? And Chris Hinton, you would imagine will probably be around for maybe another couple of years, but and the NFL will be calling his name too. And then Monzie Smith, I mean, I, as much as I want to believe Monzie Smith can do something at the college level, he hasn't done it yet. So I need to see it. So if Monzie Smith doesn't pan out here and Donovan Jeter and Chris Hinton are gone in the next year or two, you're going to be banking on a lot of unknown players at that D tackle position. And I just don't like seeing that with this, uh, uh, with, with the defense, uh, you need some guys. I'm not saying you need like a Maurice Hurst uh, every other year, but you, you need some level of production on the interior. And Michigan hasn't had that in a while. So I, I'm a little concerned with, with the projection of where things are at. If it, things end up going like you keep taking guys like Ike Awana, Tafik Thomas, uh, guys that aren't in the top 1,000, are developmental prospects, and don't really have the offer sheet to back up. Um, the justification of taking guys like this every single year. So I, I can yeah. understand it, you know, once every three or four years, but you, you need to land on some of these top targets, like an Anthony Lucas, that they were going after and previously top hundred player by yeah. far. So I, I'm just a little concerned about that, Steven. Yeah, you did. I mean, you do have to consider you did get Rayshon Benny, you did get George Brooks. Those guys are both uh, considered interior prospects and, Iwana is a little bit different to me because he was 6'4", 275. I think you find right. a lot more of guys who uh, can play at 6'4", 275, right? There, there's, I think, you know, not a super large number of those, but you take the pool of guys who are that size compared to the guys who are 6'4", 6'5", and 320 or 330, and I think you have a drastically different you know, a, a smaller number of, of competent players at that larger size. So I agree. You can't, you cannot build a roster of guys ranked outside the top 1000 and expect things to go, um, to go swimmingly. Uh, you're you're going to miss on some of those. And it's just a fact of life. So you're, you're staple, you're, uh, you, you said it best. You need to ensure that you're getting, more consistent, higher scouted, uh, higher offered guys as your um, as your main source of, of playing time at those positions. But if you're going to take a flyer, if you're comparing a guy like Iwana versus uh, Tafik Thomas, I'm taking the Thomas because again, it's just about the size. They, they don't they don't have guys that are 330 and playing with with nimbleness like that that yeah. often. So if I, I think. I think you're right. You need to, you need to mix it up and you can't take, you know, a flyer at the same position every single year. Um, but as far as flyers go, I, I think Tuffik Thomas is, is the kind of flyer that, that I would, uh, I would lean towards being okay with. Yeah. I mean, given the measurables, you know, whether he's six, five, three, 10 or six, three, three sixty, whatever it is, um, you're, you're right. Those guys don't grow on trees and you can't teach size. That's, that's one thing that you certainly cannot teach. So, um, we'll, we'll certainly see how it goes. It, Michigan's in the top four and, um, you know, there's no commitment intimate here, uh, or imminent. Um, but, uh, we'll certainly see how this goes. And it, it's just a little discouraging to see, uh, you know, with the Anthony Lucas's of the world cut 
Michigan from the list. And then, you know, you see a player, not even the top a thousand, um, you know, probably clamoring at the opportunity to go to Michigan. So we will certainly keep you all posted on uh, that recruitment and uh, so many more, but uh, that is the time for today. We appreciate you hopping on as always, Stephen. Hopefully we can get uh, a John back next week. Uh, we will certainly uh, keep you all posted there. But And thank you, everybody, for listening in. We certainly do appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lowe's. On Stephen, where are you at, buddy? At Stephen Toski. Give Mason Brew a like, a follow on all the social media platforms that you have. Give all of our uh, podcasts five stars, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And uh, go check out all of the work from our great colleagues at maizeandbrew.com. We would certainly appreciate it. For, for Steven, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll be back next week with more Michigan football recruiting. Until then, go blue.